It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't look now, but the Philadelphia Eagles just got better after signing cornerback James Bradbury. D'Angelo Hall says the Cowboys have come down in the NFC East, and I'll tell you why I agree with him and where the Commanders fan base ranks among all 32 NFL fandoms, all of that right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, and we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view every single day. I am David Harrison covering your Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation and my co-host Chris Russell, the Rooster, one half of the Russell and Metter show on the Team 980, you can find him and Pete Medhurst there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. Chris is not here for today's episode, but I am and where we're not here or we're not there. We're on Twitter at D Harrison at WrestleMania 621 and at LO Commanders. Thanks again for making us first listen or your first view every single day. We all came into the offseason thinking everyone in the NFC East was chasing the Dallas Cowboys for the divisional title. They won the division title last year. Washington Commanders won it the year before, but to most people, if Dak Prescott doesn't get injured, the Cowboys probably win it even then. But it may actually be the Philadelphia Eagles that the Commanders, the Giants, and the Cowboys are actually chasing, especially after Philadelphia signs cornerback James Bradbury to a one-year $10 million deal on Wednesday. That coming according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport on Twitter, the team's uh, Twitter page, the Eagles Twitter page later confirmed that they had agreed to a deal from what I know. It's not actually officially signed just yet, but agreed to the term. So James Bradbury on his way to the Philadelphia Eagles recently released by the New York Giants will not be leaving the division. will just move to a rival that a lot of people honestly talked about Bradbury going to Rappaport also mentioned in his tweets that Bradbury landed in the quote unquote perfect spot. So a lot of people saw the writing on the wall. It may be the perfect spot for Bradbury, but it certainly is the perfect addition for the Philadelphia Eagles, if we're being honest, who's now going to pair him with veteran cornerback Darius Slay, that they already have the team, so or on the team. So what does this mean for Washington? Well, it means that when you're looking at building a roster, every GM, every coach will tell you this, right? The first thing you have to focus on is trying to win your division. So if you're Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, you're going into drafts, you're going into free agency, you're going into all of it with the eye on trying to compete with the best in your division, 
and win your division. And honestly, both the Eagles and Cowboys finished ahead of Washington in 2021. So as they're shooting for the top, they're shooting for both the Eagles and the Cowboys. But you're you're probably coming in kind of looking at the Cowboys as the cream of the crop. But suddenly, the Philadelphia Eagles have done really, really well. Now, in 2021, the Eagles had a top 10 pass defense in yards per play. And obviously, they hope that's only going to get better with the presence of Bradbury which directly conflicts with what Washington has been doing, bringing in Carson Wentz, hopefully getting Curtis Samuel healthy, drafting Jahan Dotson in the first round. Uh, you still have Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Brian Robinson brings some pass catching uh, ability as well. Uh, Cole Turner added as a tight end. So obviously Washington looking to get better in the passing game, while the Eagles specifically are looking to get better in their pass defense. Now, where the Philadelphia Eagles de- defense has struggled as it relates to the secondary, however, was in interceptions, 21st in the NFL last year, sacks per attempt, 31st in the NFL last year, first downs allowed per game, 23rd in the NFL last year, and third down percentage, 23rd in the NFL last year. So while it's hard to directly project how Bradbury specifically alone is going to impact some things like sacks, first downs allowed, and third down percentage, we can look directly at interceptions. But before we move on to that, I mean, sacks, look, the, the more covered, right, a, a team's uh, receivers are, obviously the quarterback's going to have to hold the ball a little bit longer, maybe hesitate, which could lead to more sacks. First downs, they go hand in hand. Third down percentage, obviously, you're, the better defenders you have in your defense, the better you're going to be on third down, especially in third and, say, six or more uh, that you kind of call traditional obvious passing play. So let's look at interceptions. And find that while the Giants themselves obviously struggled last season and struggled the two years that Bradbury was with uh, the organization, Bradbury himself had a career high four interceptions and was just one pass defense short of a career high 18. That 18 comes from 2020. So his two years in New York with the Giants, while the Giants weren't doing very good, Bradbury was setting career highs and personal bests. So as an individual, James Bradbury has been doing very, very well for himself, which makes sense why there were so many people, so many fan base, so many rumors about teams uh, that he might go join to or go join. In fact, among quarterbacks in the top 64 in pass defense reps in 2021, that number two starting corners right per team. A lot of times people now say three starting corners per team, but I went with two in my list, broke it down top 64 cornerbacks in pass defense reps. So these are the top 64 corners that played the most snaps against the pass. Bradbury had the most pass defense reps uh, with 689 of them, that coming from profootballfocus.com. Of those, of those 689, he was targeted 92 times, allowing 60 catches. That's a 65.2% completion rate, 40th out of the 64. So not in the top half, in the bottom half, but kind of middle ground, 65.2. Darius Slay of the Eagles allowed a 61.1% completion percentage, 31st in the NFL among those 64. So on the other side, uh, in the top half where Bradbury was better than slay last year and where he projects to really help the Eagles defense was in passes defense. Bradbury was fourth best last year. Slay 44th best with just four of them and interceptions. Bradbury was sixth best while slay was 11th with just three interceptions last year in 2021. Bradbury had his fourth best graded game in Washington's week two win over the New York giants and his sixth worst graded game in Washington's Week 18 win, but those numbers, uh, as is with all grades, are a little bit slighted. Washington actually targeted Bradbury more in Week 2 than in Week 18. In Week 2, they targeted him eight times, connected against him six times, threw for one touchdown, and also threw an interception as well, that interception helping to increase his grade, while in Week 18, 
They only targeted him twice. He was on the field for the fewest amount of snaps uh, all season. Washington only went after him twice. He allowed one of those to be caught for a 40-yard completion to scary Terry McLaurin. Of course, how this directly impacts Washington from a strategic standpoint is the possibility that McLaurin will be shadowed by Bradbury, something that the Giants did during the two years that he was there with, honestly, with mostly success. In week two, Bradbury, again, he did allow the five catches on seven targets uh, while covering McLaurin specifically, allowing 47 total yards and a touchdown. But he did have that interception while covering Terry. And according to NFL Next Gen Stats, in the previous three meetings, Bradbury had only allowed McLaurin to, to have two catches for 16 yards, no touchdowns, and he had another interception. So outside of that week two matchup, uh, Bradbury has done fairly well and the 140-yard catch. Bradbury has actually held his own pretty well against McLaurin and the Washington Commanders, Washington pass offense. Terry caught four of his five targets against Eagles cornerback Darius Slay last season for 70 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions uh, by Slay while covering Terry McLaurin. So that's kind of the initial rub. We've got a little bit more to talk about on how this James Bradbury signing by the Philadelphia Eagles will impact this matchup in the NFC East between Washington and Philadelphia. But first, we're going to talk about birthday cake puffs, which I just got in the mail this weekend. And I'm not typically a fan of birthday cake flavors, but guys, these were pretty good. And that's coming from a guy that doesn't typically like that kind of a flavor. So head to built.com if you like them or if you're curious and you want to try them because they might be there or they are there today. Today, they may not be there tomorrow. And if you haven't tried puffs, let me let you in on the secret. Puffs are a chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar. You heard me right. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Make every day your birthday with Built's birthday cake puffs. Bill has taken the delicious experience of eating birthday cake and robed it in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. It's got 150 calories, which is about half of what a typical candy bar carries. But this bad boy's got 16 grams of protein and only 9 grams of sugar in this limited time flavor. It's an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety into your day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate, and that means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So go to built.com to get birthday cake puffs now. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 or 15% off at built.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Segment two here, the Locked On Commanders podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen or your first view every single day, talking about the impact of James Bradbury signing with the Philadelphia Eagles. And it really just kind of folds into the Philadelphia Eagles, honestly, having a pretty good offseason building their team. Now, the commander's offense certainly stands to be improved as well uh, with the hopeful emergence of a healthy Curtis Samuel, in addition to Jahan Dotson, growth in De'Ami Brown, um, all of those things. But the Eagles are certainly doing what they can to try and stay on top of them in the division and, and quite honestly, possibly on top of the Dallas Cowboys as well. A quick side note to wrap up this portion of the conversation as we move into the next, the giants are paying $11.7 million in dead cap space after letting James Bradbury go. And the Eagles 
are going to pay Bradbury up to $10 million on the one-year deal. I say up to just because I don't know for sure that the $10 million is fully guaranteed. If it's not, obviously, I don't know how much is guaranteed versus incentives. So up to $10 million from the Eagles to pay James Bradbury while the Giants will be eating $11.7 million off their own salary cap. So interesting stuff there. Uh, but the Eagles aren't the only NFC East team with roster fluctuation, uh, except the Dallas Cowboys are going the wrong way, which nobody who's listening to this show is going to be sad uh, that the uh, the Dallas Cowboys are going the wrong way and, and coming down, honestly, in the NFC East. We've said it here that we feel like the Dallas Cowboys are coming back to earth. And now former Washington cornerback D'Angelo Hall is also saying it or well, writing it. NFL Network, NFL.com recently asked analysts to pick a division champion most likely to fall back to the crowd or lose their crown in 2022. And Hall said this about his pick, the Dallas Cowboys, quote, Dallas lost so many key players from 2021, including wide receiver Amari Cooper, pass rusher Randy Gregory, and offensive lineman Lyle Collins and Connor Williams. That might be too many losses to overcome, especially when the rest of the division went to work reloading this offseason. I loved the A.J. Brown trade for the Eagles. Meanwhile, the commanders can contend for the division if Carson Wentz recaptures his early promise. And the draft-boosted Giants should show improvement if their star contributors contributors can stay healthy. End quote. Now, we've talked enough about the Philadelphia Eagles for one episode, so let's look at the other team Washington is trying to catch in this division and the moves that they have made as well. So the Dallas Cowboys, their key losses, just like Hall mentions and writes in his synopsis there, Dallas lost wide receiver Amari Cooper, edge rusher Gregory and uh, Randy Gregory, offensive lineman Lyle Collins, and offensive lineman Connor Williams. Meanwhile, Washington loses defensive lineman Matt Ioannidis and Tim Settle. Safety Landon Collins and offensive guard Brandon Scherf. And again, those are kind of just the most critical losses on each side of the ball. Sure, there are some others. DeAndre Carter, I kind of see him as a big loss. Other people don't seem to be reacting as much, so I kind of left him off there, but just a little bit of honorable mention in there for old DeAndre. Good luck to him in his future. Key additions for both these teams. Now we talk about their losses. Let's talk about the additions. Dallas, wide receiver James Washington. That's pretty much it. James Washington, who's going to be, what, the third wide receiver, maybe fourth wide receiver. I don't know what he's got left in the tank. I know he flashed uh, last time we saw him with the Pittsburgh Steelers, flashed a little bit. Not sure how much he's got left in him, so that would be kind of a, a work in progress. Speaking of not knowing what's left in him, quarterback Carson Wentz, key addition, obviously, to the Washington Commanders. Um, you see D'Angelo mentioned it there. If he can return to his early playing days, you assume he's talking about 2017. My partner, Chris, on his solo episode yesterday, talked about this obsession with Carson Wentz playing like he did in 2017, but nobody wants to talk about 18, 19, 20, and 21. Um, so, and, and do we honestly need Carson Wentz to play uh, up to 2017 level? I think that's a conversation we'll have for another time. If you want to get into that conversation, does Carson Wentz have to play 2017 level football, which was MVP caliber football, to be quite honest with you, in order for Washington to get what they need out of him? Uh, if you think you have the answer to that, go ahead and let us know. Uh, and then I put an asterisk next to Curtis Samuel, guys, because I know Curtis Samuel, obviously already on the roster, right? I've, he's already signed. He's already suited up for Washington before. I get it. But I look at Curtis Samuel's 2021 campaign, and I, I call it, you know, an incomplete. I don't call it, you know, an assignment turned in or, or ready to be graded. or I, ter- I call it an incomplete. And, and really, this is kind of Curtis Samuel's first year playing for Washington, as far as I'm concerned. So I view him as an addition because... The Dallas Cowboys don't know uh, what they're going to see out of Curtis Samuel, the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles. Nobody has really seen what Washington wants to do with Curtis Samuel in there 
when he finally did get on the field, Taylor Heineke was quarterback, not Ryan Fitzpatrick. So the best laid plans had already kind of blown up in their face. So I kind of consider Curtis Samuel uh, a new addition to this team. So I, I kind of put him on there with an asterisk. So when you look at those additions and losses from the Cowboys and Washington, and then you look at the biggest gaps between the two teams from 2021 uh, on offense, Dallas's offensive advantage to their biggest advantage was in yards per game. Dallas finished uh, in the league first overall in the league with 407 yards per game. On average, Washington finished 21st in the league with 323.6. So when I look at what happened, Carson Wentz, you know, for all of his shortcomings or potential shortcomings, I think pretty much most of us agree that he is a quarterback improvement over Taylor Heineke. I would say that he's, he's probably a quarterback improvement uh, from an execution standpoint over Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, and then meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys, again, you lose Amari Cooper, you lose two offensive linemen, you gain James Washington. James Washington is maybe 40% of, of Amari Cooper uh, on his best day. Again, not the same skill set, but kind of from a production standpoint. So I think the Dallas Cowboys, obviously, and the Washington Commanders close that gap uh, a little bit here with, just with roster moves. We'll have to see how they execute and how they come together. But looking at a roster move comparative to stats, I think you can say that Washington has closed that gap pretty significantly. Now, for what it's worth, the Indianapolis Colts, led by Carson Wentz last year, finished 16th in the league in uh, offensive yards per game with 347, so about 24 yards more per game. Uh, then Washington, that's two more first downs. That's nothing to scoff at. So for what that's worth, Carson Wentz adding to it. Uh, again, Curtis Samuel, if you're if you're with me on that theory or that thought process that he kind of counts as a new arrival, he kind of fits into that as well. Going to the defensive side of the ball, Dallas's biggest defensive advantage, third down defense. Dallas finished second in third down defense last year, with allowing 34.08% of third downs to be converted for first downs. Meanwhile, Washington finished 31st in the league, 48.47%. You look at Washington, you look at Dallas. Dallas loses edge rusher Randy Gregory, which is going to hurt really bad. Washington loses Matt Ioannidis and Tim Settle, which, listen, I didn't want to see Tim Settle walk. I didn't, I didn't want to see Matt Ioannidis get, get uh, uh, released. But if we're being honest, those two guys weren't doing a whole lot, right? I mean, they were, they were doing good for what we wanted them to do and what we wanted to see them do, but they weren't doing a whole lot as far as a league-wide standpoint in getting to the quarterback and getting off the field on third down. Randy Gregory, I think, was doing a lot more for the Cowboys on third down defense than Ioannidis and Settle were doing for Washington, is what I'm saying, and Landon Collins, even though his improvements uh, came in later. So probably not as big of a gap because I think there are some significant losses for Washington, absolutely. So I wouldn't call it as big of a gap closed, but I think losing Randy Gregory is going to hurt Dallas's second-ranked third down defense uh, significantly. While Washington, what they lost isn't going to hurt them as much. And then we'll have to see Fedarian Mathis, how he gets blended into this whole thing, how Chase Young comes back from his injury. So I'm not going to say that they've closed that gap a whole lot, but I definitely think they closed the gap on offense at least a little bit. So again, that's a rankings to roster on paper. These are all projections. Nothing has been seen quite yet, although we do have OTAs, veterans and rookies on the field coming up next week. Uh, I will be there in Ashburn to uh, to give you guys everything that I see while we're there. Speaking of rankings, however, teams and players aren't the only ones getting ranked. You, the fans, are also getting ranked and evaluated, and we're going to tell you where you landed. But first, we're going to tell you about our partners at Bet Online, who continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information. 
from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Final segment of the Locked On Commanders Podcast for today, and we're ranking fan bases. Well, we're not ranking fan bases. Somebody else is ranking fan bases. Let's make that very clear before we get into this conversation. Uh, now, this is not an easy, easy subject, right? I think there's a lot of different metrics you can use to try to rank fan bases and then rank fandom. Uh, you could use fan nicknames, like which one's the coolest nickname. Bill's Mafia is a good one. Raider Nation uh, is obviously a popular one. And anytime they hear any other team say something nation, they flip out about Raider Nation is the only nation, which if Raider Nation is the only nation, I question where the United Nations came from. There are several nations out there. Raiders fans, calm down. Uh, ticket sales. If it's ticket sales, Dallas Cowboys kind of win that run away. Is it ratings? The Buffalo Bills actually, uh, according to my Google search, have the highest average ratings per televised uh, game. Is it jersey sales? In 2021, Mac Jones of the New England Patriots was the top selling jersey throughout the entire season. So there's a lot of different ways you could possibly measure fan bases. So all of these measurements, all of these rankings have to be taken with a grain of salt. If you're fandom analytics, you're doing it using a combination of things, including fan equity, social equity, and talent equity. So what do those things mean? Fan equity, summarizing that, basically measures a team fan willingness to attend games and spend money on the team. So are you buying tickets and are you buying gear? Uh, I think it's fair to say that Washington fans not buying tickets near as much as they used to and as much as some other NFL teams are. And also probably not buying gear because every two years or so, this team is changing its name and logo. So it's kind of dangerous to go out there and spend your money. I think right now you can probably buy some commander's gear and feel pretty comfortable that you're going to be able to wear that for a little while. But the fan equity, I think, in, in the Washington commander's environment has definitely dipped recently and to for, for a good reason, I think. Social equity, social media following. And again, if fans aren't looking to buy tickets to 10 games by gear, they're probably not really looking to follow Instagrams and, and Twitters and all that talent equity. Essentially, from my understanding of this, and again, I read their talent equity description several times. This is what I believe it is. Essentially measures a team's performance as it compares to their payroll. So, for example, in 2021, Washington had the eighth highest roster payroll, but they finished 22nd in the NFL. That's a pretty big gap in this category because the team basically didn't get anywhere close to enough bang for their buck. Now, this total spending, which includes dead cap and reserve number, is not just straight up salary cap. So there are other numbers uh, involved in this roster payroll evaluation on spot track. Meanwhile, the Steelers, Bucks, and Packers were all bottom five in the league in this total spending, but all of them made the playoffs. So you see that equity uh, getting a bigger return there. Now, Here's what the site had to say, quote, we combine the three metrics into an overall ranking using a weighting system that primarily emphasizes the fan equity, the revenue premium and social equity measures. The talent equity component is only given a 5% weight, end quote. So you put it all together. 
It all means Washington Commanders fan base comes in dead last. 32nd in the NFL. And look, the site has been collecting this data for about 10 years now. They said they didn't give a specific number. It's about 10 years. Think about the last about 10 years in Washington football history. Not the greatest time, right? So you can kind of see maybe where this comes in. Uh, the site wrote, quote, the commanders represent a true fall from glory. The Washington football franchise was a top five or 10 brand when we began these rankings nearly 10 years ago. Two decades of losing, poor talent acquisition, and a long-term name controversy have pushed the club to the bottom of the list. This offseason has probably probably made things worse as the commander's name was poorly received. The commanders feel like an expansion team that started by offending the local market, end quote. That's pretty, pretty, pretty spot on, actually, for some people. So uh, that kind of explains. So for me, guys, I don't look at this as an indictment on commanders fans, right? I mean, it's a fan measurement, a fandom measurement, granted. But I don't look at this as a slight towards you guys. I look at this as a slight towards the team. Uh, that's the way I'm taking this. The top five fan bases, according to this evaluation, belong to the Green Bay Packers, New England Patriots, Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Meanwhile, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Arizona Cardinals, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Tennessee Titans join the Washington Commanders in the bottom five there. So Washington Commanders fandom, worse than the league. But again, you measure how many people follow them on social media, how many people are willing to buy tickets and buy gear, and then how well they do getting banged for their buck. I think we all can see why this evaluation ended up the way it did. And it does not, to me, it does not feel like an indictment of the fans. It's an indictment of the organization not giving the fans enough motivation to spend their money, spend their social media time following their accounts, uh, and then making good with the roster expenses. So that's how I feel. I know that's how Chris feels, and we thank you all the time for making Locked On Commanders Podcast your first listen or your first view of the day. Locked On NFL also loves you, so go ahead and make them your second view or second listen of the day. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins. Plus, local Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There's no offseason for the real fan, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Chris and I will be back tomorrow to wrap up the week. If you've got any reactions to anything we discussed today, related or other questions or topics you want to discuss, send them in to LockedOnWashingtonCommanders at gmail.com or call in and be a part of the show by dialing 301-615-3577. Again, that number, 301 301- 615-3577. For Chris Russell, I'm David Harrison. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.